M A I N M U N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for December 9th, 2011. I'm your host, David Tanner. Glad you could be with us here today on Main Menu. We have a couple of interesting things lined up for you on Main Menu this week. We're going to start out with an interview with Eric Amory from Freedom Scientific. And Eric and I got together recently and had an interview and talked about the new JAWS 13 that just came out the end of October. We're also going to talk about a new update to JAWS 13 that just came out today, December 9th, and Eric is going to be telling us about all of the new features in JAWS 13 and some things that are being changed and some new things that are first coming on board on JAWS 13 as of today, December 9th, and so you'll want to hear that. That's going to be the first half of an interview that I did with Eric, and we will hear the second part of the interview next week because the interview was too long to get it in for one show. Then the second part of the show will be Mr. John Gunn, and John is going to demonstrate for us how to drag and drop files with Apple Lion OS X 10.7, and I think you'll find that quite interesting. And uh, for those of you who have been Windows users and now are using the Apple, he does a little comparison of how you move a file in Windows and how you move it on the Mac. So you'll find that quite interesting. Chase Crispin also is going to tell us a little bit about how you can contribute information and contribute a show for us to air here on Main Menu. We're going to go right ahead now and get into our features of the evening. You have a good week and we'll see you back here again next week. Hi, I'm Chase Crispin, the executive producer of Main Menu. I'm here today to invite you, the listener, to submit to Main Menu. Do you have an accessible game, appliance, piece of software, hardware device, or anything else that you would like to demo that you have not heard about here on Main Menu? If so, are you interested in submitting a review of this product to Main Menu? If so, please first email mainmenu at acbradio.org. In that email, make sure to tell us what you would like to cover for Main Menu. If this is a topic that we are interested in and has not been recently covered, we will be glad to have you submit this piece to the show. Begin to record your piece by eliminating all background noise, including TVs, radios, other people talking, loud fans, etc. If applicable, turn down the speech rate on the device that you are demoing. Once you have recorded your file, it is recommended that you edit the submission. If you can save your file in MP3 format, please encode your file at 128kbps 44.1kHz stereo. If you must use another format, 
bid rate, or sampling rate, we can take care of the conversion for you. However, we recommend that you get your submission to us in the format previously mentioned. It is also recommended that you edit your piece. This may include editing out long pauses, mistakes, a lot of ums, or other fumble words. If you are not able to edit your piece but you feel it needs edited, please email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org and someone on the Main Menu production team can edit your submission for you. You can also contact the production team by visiting mainmenu.acbradio.org and clicking on the staff directory link. Once you have your file ready, please contact us at the email address previously mentioned and we will let you know how to get your submission to us, and we will also let you know when it will be able to be aired on the show. We appreciate your continued interest and support in ACB Radio's main menu, and we look forward to hearing you on the show. I'm David Tanner, host of Main Menu. I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, to come by and see us at the Main Menu webpage at www.mainmenu.acbradio.org. And while you're there, sign up for our Main Menu Friends mailing list. We'd love to have you on the list and have you input ideas on how we can continue to improve Main Menu. Also, while you're at it, if you have the opportunity, buy and see us on Twitter. You can access us on Twitter at twitter.com slash main menu. I'm pleased to have with me today Mr. Eric Damry from Freedom Scientific. Eric is the Vice President and Product Manager for Freedom Scientific, and Eric's going to be talking to us about JAWS 13 and a either just released or two just about to be released, a new update to JAWS 13. And welcome, Eric. Hi, David. Good to be here. Great to be back on Main Menu. Well, it's good to have you back, and I want to particularly thank you to uh, in the hearing of listeners we actually tried to record an interview earlier and the recording didn't come out and you were gracious enough to come back uh, for a second round and I really appreciate that well the second time is usually the better time anyway so I'm sure this will work out just just great oh good I'm sure it will too and so Eric uh, you uh, want to start out by telling us a little bit uh, I, I understand there is a, a new update either just released or about to be released? Sure. Um, so, so why don't we just we'll back up a little bit. JAWS 13 came out the end of October and uh, the DVDs shipped. Everyone who uh, was ex- anticipating or should have uh, expected to receive a DVD of JAWS 13 via the SMA program 
uh, should have gotten it by now. And I will say that if you think you were entitled to it and you didn't get it, please contact customer service right away and talk to them and they'll sort it out with you. Um, I believe that uh, if you have JAWS 13 already installed, either from the DVD or you had downloaded it uh, before the DVDs even arrived, <clears throat> you would have received a new update that came in November, which was a build 527. And by the time this recording uh, goes out, I believe the December update will either already be released or soon to be released. And that'll be a, a it'll be in the 600 series. Um, we've been hard at work trying to stay focused in on what the customers are, are talking to us about, letting us know. And we, you know, we had a list of things that we were continuing to work on even as the release was happening. Um, the screen reader industry, I think, is, uh, as everyone can appreciate, it's a moving target. There's always something that could be done to improve things, and we're constantly focused on that and trying to get, get uh, as many of those changes out to our customers as, as fast as we can. And the automatic update process seems to be working very well. And uh, we had, I think, upwards of 100 changes in the November release. Uh, it won't be as much, but maybe 50-plus in the December release. And we look forward to continuing to release some updates as we get into 2012. We may not have one that goes out early in January, but maybe the end of January or early February, people will expect to get another one. Okay. Um, there are a lot of uh, changes that are happening, but I will say one of the things that I've been trying to stay focused on with the updates is keeping up with research. And it's a moving target, as everyone may have realized by now, because websites do change, things change, and we're trying to stay right on top of it. And the sports scores, I know, uh, changed again in November on us. Uh, the websites changed, and we have, I believe, gotten those addressed. And by the time of this recording, hopefully, you've got the December update, and all the sports scores are working again as expected. So you can go into research with insert space and choose R. And uh, one of the things I like to do, if, if you're a football fan, if you follow football in the U.S. at all, um, that's American football, I should say. You mm -hmm. can uh, you can leave the field blank and choose NFL, and uh, you'll get the week's schedule and or scores, depending if the games have already been played. So it's kind of nice to see uh, if you're following multiple teams, you can do that. Same thing with the uh, NC. AA college football is a is a very good research topic, and of course hockey is in there as well. Okay. And one of the things that we ran across that we've been having some struggles with, because some people have been telling us that Wiktionary hasn't always worked right, and we made a determination and finally figured it out that if there was a capital letter in the word, um, the Wiktionary lookup wasn't working correctly, and we have that now addressed for the December update as well. So uh, Wiktionary is a great tool in research it because you can really look up the definition of any word in any application at any time mm. use, using research it. And that, that's a great little tool to be able to get a definition on the fly. Um, so I hope people take advantage of that. Is I haven't used it for this, but I, I, I'm curious because I have had to do this kind of thing in the past when I was taking some graduate level classes. Yeah, what about if a person needs to like research a particular court case? Is, is it fairly easy to do something like that with research? Like, I get, got assignments, you know, well, the court made this judgment on this case against this corporation, and I want you to research the, this particular case 
and then uh, you, next class you have to come back and, and justify whether you would rule the same or otherwise. That That's probably something you would just plug into Google. There is a Wiktionary lookup that you can look if something is in Wiktionary, not Wiktionary, but Wikipedia. Okay. But uh, what you're talking about, you probably want to plug the court case into Google and just do the lookup online. Okay. 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 Yeah, research, research it is one of those things that uh, we've tried to put in there, the kinds of things that people might use every day, okay. and they want to just quickly get to it. And we've tried sure. to package it together in a, in a, in a nice, concise um, way that people can review something, whether it's a weather forecast or checking the status of an airline flight mm -hmm. or even doing an Amazon lookup to, to look for a particular product on Amazon okay. or people search, business search, those kinds of things that, that uh, you have something very specific that you're trying to get to. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. And um, I know we were going to talk about, had talked about talking about early on um, the differences now in JAWS 13 between uh, whether you're installing from the DVD that you got in the mail or whether you're installing directly uh, uh, from the internet or whether you've downloaded the uh, file and actually now it's more than one file and I'm sure you'll talk about that and installing offline. Do you want to mm -hmm. go into that for us? Sure. So one, when we you know deliver something on a DVD, of course the DVD is usually set to a particular build and the DVD that we ship and distribute today is based on the October initial release. So if you were installing JAWS for Windows 13 today off the DVD, after you install, one of the first things you're going to do is get an announcement of an automatic update because you'll get the latest build. If you are online and you are entitled to receive 13, uh, it may be even faster rather than installing from DVD is to just go to the Freedom Scientific website, go to the downloads page, and on the downloads page, you'll find a variety of different products that we have available. And one of those choices you'll find on there is JAWS. And when you go to the JAWS download, you'll find the build 13, and it will always be the most current release. So if you download from the downloads page uh, the 32-bit of the 64-bit version, you'll get the current release. And chances are, well, I can assure you that if you are installing from that location, you won't have to do an automatic update afterwards because you've got the most current build. Mm -hmm. Now, during the installation process, uh, one of the new features we've added in into JAWS 13 is the ability to have an OCR option to be able to uh, review information that may not otherwise be available to you on a screen from a screen reader because it's a graphic, it's an image of some sort that uh, screen readers weren't previously able to read, and we can talk more about that after. But right. that OCR component is something that's not built into the actual JAWS for Windows install, but during the installation process, JAWS will go out, well, it, it looks in the directory on your computer where you're installing JAWS from if you've downloaded it and if it, if it looks for the OCR component there, if it doesn't find it, it looks in a temporary internet download file where it would be stored if you had installed earlier. Otherwise, it goes to our website and it will download that OCR component, which is about 75 or 80 meg. 
and uh, it will install it as part of the JAWS install. So it'll kind of happen behind the scenes. You don't have to think about it. If you go to the web and download JAWS, just execute the install, but be aware that during the install, it'll be pulling down another component from the web. Now, this component, this FSOCR component that is in installed as part of 13 is a separate install package that's also on the JAWS downloads page. So if you were to uh, install JAWS for Windows on a computer that didn't have an internet connection, let's say you were going to a client's house or a friend's house or you had a second computer that wasn't connected to the web, in addition to downloading JAWS for Windows 32-bit or 64-bit or whichever build you need, you would also uh, be wise then to grab that OCR component, download it, and and by the way, the OCR component is set up to handle 32-bit or 64-bit automatically. So there's only one version of that. It'll, it'll take care of either 64 or 32-bit Windows. Okay. But you download that component, and you can keep it on the thumb drive with the JAWS for Windows 13 download. And if you execute the installation right from a thumb drive on another computer, it will find the OCR on the thumb drive, and it will install it from there with it. So it'll, it'll all take care of it. Just keep them both in the same directory and everything will take care of itself. Okay, yeah, I was going to say you probably want to make sure they're in the same folder. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and so if a person is going to install from <clears throat> from the internet and not download first, probably then, then the way they would want to do it is if Internet Explorer, for example, prompts them if they want to save or run, they want to choose run then. Sure. That'll uh, work out just fine. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, I thought it might might be uh, good to talk about that up front so everybody is aware that things have changed just a little bit with 13 as far as the install. Mm -hmm. And that way they don't end up missing part of, of sure. it if they're depending on how they're doing their install. So um, do we want to go ahead then and start getting into the, the, the features? Maybe we want to start with convenient OCR. Yeah, and maybe even before we talk about the features, why don't we talk about operating systems as well. Sure, sure. Um, so JAWS for Windows 13 and its OCR component are designed to run under XP, but on XP it would be 32-bit, uh, and also in Vista and Windows 7, 32-bit, 64-bit. And if you do have access to early pre-releases of Windows 8, uh, we have been installing now under Windows 8 and doing our uh, preliminary testing and starting to do our development work to make this a bit better, but I will say that uh, as long as you have at least the November update, build 527 or higher, uh, you should be able to install that under Windows 8 also and start to do some of your own experimenting with that new operating system that is scheduled to come out probably the end of next year. I think we'll be hearing a lot more about Windows 8 uh, during the first quarter of 2012. We are anticipating uh, doing a presentation at the CSUN convention in very early February, uh, no, excuse me, very early March. I think it starts right around March 1st this year out in San Diego, and I anticipate that we'll do a presentation during that convention on uh, Windows 8 with JAWS 7, uh, JAWS 13 to start to, to try and expose folks to the new operating system. So in general, XP, Vista, or Windows 7, and 
if you want to experiment with Windows 8, by all means, you can start to do that with JAWS 13. Yeah, there is a, a version, there is a Windows 8 that's pretty much accessible to anybody that wants it out there. And I know I've downloaded it. I haven't gotten it installed yet, but it is out there, and there's really no limitation on who can download it. So That's right. I've uh, set up a virtual machine on my Windows 7 uh, computer, and uh, I've installed JAWS 13 on that virtual machine with Windows 8. And uh, the testing's been pretty good so far. It looks uh, fine. I think for the most part, people who are you know hearing much about Windows 8, um, it does have uh, a new uh, look and feel as far as uh, starting to make it look like uh, a tablet or a phone with panels and so forth. But for the most part, from a PC's perspective, you'll find that it feels and operates very much like Windows 7. Okay, okay. All right, well, that sounds good. And I just, you know, just for those few people that might accidentally be, be uh, listening, and I actually had had it come up with someone I was talking to on the phone this week, <clears throat> if a person were to have an operating system such as ME, what mm-hmm. version of JAWS would they need to go back to to be able to support that? Boy, you had to ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to ask it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sir to be honest with you uh, I think that may go back as far as well, I was 7 thinking, or 8 yeah I was thinking 7 yeah I think it could go back at least that far okay. uh, the good news about JAWS of course is that you can install multiple versions on an operating system and if you have JAWS for Windows uh, and you're entitled to run say version 13 <clears throat> you can go to the Freedom Scientific uh, homepage, go to the downloads JAWS and you'll actually find a, uh, a link on on the JAWS download page for prior versions. Right. And I think you can still go back as far as version 4 or 5 and yeah, download those like and install right. them on a computer. So right. uh, uh, it should be no problem. If you have an older operating system, you can install those older versions. Or even on your new operating system, a lot of people have multiple versions. I always have at least one version back installed. So I've got a version 12 on my machine mm-hmm. and a version 13. And they, right. they uh, don't uh, interfere with each other. Uh, before we get into the feature, one other quick question because I've had a couple of people ask this too. At this point, what are you you saying as far as minimum uh, memory for using JAWS 13? Um, you know, that question comes up quite a bit, and I think we tend to let folks know that you really ought to consider uh, what the other applications that you're going to run are going to recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, most people today, if you go out to a store and buy a new computer, it comes with plenty of memory for the most part. You don't need to be thinking about getting anything extra for JAWS. So, uh, you know, I think... Uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's. I'd like to say JAWS really doesn't require any more, but the more memory you have, generally, in, you know, your computer is going to run better mm-hmm. uh, as a whole. Well, I get. I guess where I see the question come up is if somebody's looking at, say, one of the netbooks, mm-hmm. and there's still some of those that are coming out with one gig of memory, and that's. A, I t- generally tell people that's a little light. Yeah, it depends again what you're going to do on the netbook. If you're not going to do any heavy lifting. 
interesting if you're just trying to do some email on the internet, and most people are on a network, one gig might be enough, but uh, it really doesn't cost much more to get it with no. two gig if you can, no. so right. I would always try and go with at least two gigs. That's kind of what I've been using is uh, two gig. Probably, you know, you're smart, you'll have two gig in there, and most of the networks today may come with one gig, but you can usually update them to two. So. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, are we ready to uh, start on some of the features here? Um, sure. Since we've talked about convenient OCR, so maybe that's a, a good place to start and um, um, talk about what it is and uh, the different uh, features and different ways to use it. Yeah, I love, uh, I, I really, I was very pleased that we were able to get the convenient OCR included in this version. We've been wanting to get to it for a while now and uh, it's it's turned out to be very good. Uh, a lot of great feedback from consumers about it so far. So let me kind of explain a little bit about it. All of us have had an opportunity to run uh, Windows and run across applications or uh, PDF files or something that we uh, that we get that we that we pull up on the computer, which turned out to be an image or a graphic, and it was something that the screen reader was just not able to read. And and I like to use the PDF example because there are many PDF files out there that are not accessible. Someone scanned something in, saved it as a PDF, it's an image, and they sent it to you. And when you open it up with the screen reader, and it just says the file is empty. And in fact, in many cases, there's text there. Uh, a sighted person sees it, and it looks pretty much the same to them, whether whether it was an accessible file or an image file. And the idea behind the convenient OCR is OCR is, is short for optical character recognition, and we have now included as part of JAWS the ability to have this optical character recognition engine installed with the product. And uh, if you've got one of these PDF files, uh, it's very simple. In JAWS, you hold down the insert key or the JAWS key and you tap the space bar to go into the layered mode, which if you've used research it, you're familiar with that. Insert space and you enter layered mode. Uh, and for the OCR choice, you would press the letter O and you would hear it say OCR. And then it wants to know what would you like to OCR. You have three choices, basically the window, which is what I always seem to be choosing. Uh, you can also choose screen, which will look outside of the existing window for anything else, or or you can choose C for control. So W for window, S for screen, C for control. Um, so in the in, in the um, PDF example, what I tend to do is if I open up one of these files and it appears to be blank, I first I maximize Acrobat Reader, so Alt Space X to maximize the window, and then I generally do an Acrobat keystroke, which is Control uh, Two, to put it in a 100% zoom or the view of the document to bring it up to a 100%, so it's a, the actual size, rather than uh, a much reduced size, which is oftentimes how they're presented, because the bigger it is, the better the OCR piece works, and I, right. I tend to find that 100% better. So maximize Acrobat Reader and use the um, Acrobat Keystroke Control 2 to put it at 100%. Then you do an insert space and the letter W for window.
window and it'll take about, well, depending on how much text is in, in the, the window itself, it could take a few seconds, uh, maybe up to five or six seconds, and it will turn on the JAWS cursor. And at that point, you can page up and you can just start down arrowing and the JAWS cursor will be able to read the text because it takes that image, OCRs it, and embeds the uh, what it found into the object model or into your, your not the object model, but your um, um, off-screen model, what JAWS sees as being on the screen, and it puts that text there and lets you read through it. You can read it a word at a time or by uh, line or by sentence or paragraph, and it's kind of a nice way to, to be able to see what this is. It may be something that you wanted to print out and uh, scan in and get the whole thing into open book or Kurzweil or whatever you might use, um, or it might be something where you just decide, mm, this isn't something that was really interesting to me, and you might just delete it at that point, but it's a very quick way of really seeing what something is that somebody sent you. Okay. Now, for those of you who have installed JAWS 13 and you don't have one of these PDF files, but you want to try this out, I'm going to give you a little pointer. This is a great way to experiment with it. If you run JAWS from your system tray, the first thing I would ask you to do is to go to the JAWS um, system menu, insert J, it'll open up the little system menu and choose options and switch JAWS to not run in the system tray and then restart it. Now you'll have JAWS running from the taskbar and you can alt tab to the JAWS window. And when you bring up the JAWS window, um, first thing I would suggest is route JAWS to PC, insert minus on the numeric keypad and you've got the JAWS cursor and read through the JAWS window and you'll find that the very top is the title line where it says JAWS and then the second line down is the menu bar where you'll see options, utility, language, help. And then you'll see on the next line, it has your JAWS version, including the build number. And then if you down arrow from the version, you'll find the status line of the JAWS window where it shows press insert F1 or press F1 for help and it gives you your serial number. Now, what you don't understand if you're a screen reader user is that in between the status line and that line where your version is, there's a graphic image there. There's actually a, a bitmap on the JAWS window where it says JAWS for Windows Screen Reading Software and Freedom Scientific. And that is a perfect example of the JAWS cursor and the screen reader in general just skipping over something like that. But using the OCR feature now, while you're on the JAWS window, you do insert space and then O for OCR, and then W for window. And about two seconds later, you'll hear it say JAWS cursor, and the OCR is complete. And now if you take the JAWS cursor and walk through the JAWS window, you'll hear the title line, you'll hear the menu bar, you'll hear the version, and then you'll find where it says JAWS for Windows, screen reading software, Freedom Scientific, and then the bottom line again is your serial number. Okay. So that's a great place to experiment with this and see how it works. Sure. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you'll find other places where this could be useful. Um, if you're installing an update to Flash, there is uh, buttons that come up on the screen that are graphical images, and it's very difficult to get these uh, updates to install often because you can't get, there's no way to get to those buttons. You can now OCR that screen, find those buttons with the JAWS cursor, and the beauty of this is once you find it with the JAWS cursor, you can now click it. So not only can you OCR and read something on the screen, but you can interact with it, and that's the real power of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Now, that's um, sort of like the part that in there, would you use the uh, uh, insert space, then the O, and then the uh, C for control? Is that what you would use there? If you were on it, but I still tend to use window for everything. Oh, okay. I wish I could tell okay. you there's a good, concise way of when to use which. I always seem to use window, and uh, then you can just kind of walk through the window itself, and you'll usually run across whether it says OK or install. Okay. And, uh, you kind of find your way through it and know where to click. Another example, I, I, I had a, a guy write into us that told told me about how in his particular job where he works, uh, quite often they have these webinars uh, for work where they uh, log in and somebody gives a PowerPoint presentation. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is something that's not accessible either right. because the screen reader can't read those. So mm -hmm. he basically just listens to whatever they say, but of course, they don't always read the, read the slide, so he often can miss something. Mm -hmm. And he used the convenient OCR is that each time they updated the slide, he would re-OCR that screen, and he was able to then read those slides with the JAWS cursor. Okay. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, very, very powerful. So, I mean, the convenient OCR is not necessarily the answer to accessibility. This is not how we hope people are going to be using the computer in the future. In the meantime, there's always examples out there mm -hmm. of something that is not accessible, and the convenient OCR solution. Um, is a way of gaining access to something that you otherwise would not be able to get, at least for now. Well, I thought uh, the, the example you used when we talked before about uh, running a DVD was kind of a good uh, good uh, explanation too. That was kind of kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. So if you put a DVD, if you take a, a, a DVD movie and put it in a, a DVD drive on your computer and fire it up, the screens uh, that first come up generally have the, the bit map and they have graphical buttons on there that uh, there is no way to navigate to them with the keyboard or to read them with the screen reader uh, but you oftentimes have to click one of those buttons whether it be play or scene selection or whatever it might be mm -hmm. and the convenient OCR can oftentimes capture that information so uh, it was another good place where you can get it and again the key here is that not only that you can read the screen but you can now interact with that screen right now there's one little cat everybody needs to know that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> OC, OCR is only as good as the OCR you get. And um, Well, the caveat I was uh, was thinking about was if you tab away. Right. Once you leave a screen or once a screen changes, then you'd have to re-OCR re it. Right, right. Yeah. So if but, you uh, tab away, I think you said, they, then you lose it. Yeah. And you'd have yep. to redo it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I will I will also add that, you know, when you OCR something with a scanner or the Pearl camera that, that we provide with Open Book now, mm -hmm. um, the resolution that those tend to get is much higher than screen resolutions. Sure. And so the OCR quality is oftentimes not as good as you might get otherwise if you had printed something out and ran it through a scanner. Okay, okay. Uh, resolution off of a computer screen is not up to the standards of uh, flatbed scanners or, or, or even the Pearl camera, which is designed to get a very good resolution to be able to OCR. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not it's not perfect, but oftentimes it's, if it's the only option, it's a great option to have. And a whole lot better than nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Excuse me. Um, okay. Uh, was there anything else that we needed to talk on about on uh, convenient OCR? Or, uh... No, I don't think so. I, I think that, uh, you know, I hope uh, it's one of those features that what I really uh, am, am most proud of is the fact that, you know, all the folks out there that have had uh, bought into the SMA program, we've, you know, we're always trying to improve JAWS, make it better, um, make it work with new new technologies that come out, improve um, the functionality of the product and, and fix things that uh, that have been reported, but we're always trying to add new features in. And this is a very powerful feature that's been added in at no additional charge for everyone that was in the SMA program. So right. we're very proud of that. And I think a lot of people that, that I've talked to are very happy to, to have this as a yep. feature. Yep. Okay. We, we try to come up with something new every year, and I think this was a very good one. I think so, too. Uh, okay. One of the, the, the next, I guess the next major thing that uh, we probably want to talk about is something called quick settings. And how about overviewing that? And then maybe before you get into specifics, maybe just to explain a little bit about the difference between quick settings and settings center, and then uh, you'll go into, you know, like specific examples. Whatever. Sure. So let's, uh, if we if we back if we back up a couple of versions of JAWS, people have been familiar with uh, two things in JAWS to make adjustments to how it works. The first was the configuration manager, and in JAWS for Windows 12, we replaced the configuration manager with something we call the setting center. And this was a pretty significant change. I think in general, most uh, consumers that install 12 that we've talked to have found setting center to be a, a very good solution, a very good replacement for the configuration manager. And the intent of it was to make it an easier way to find things. And the settings center, I think, it accomplished that. Now, we also had another way of adjusting settings in JAWS. We've always had it. And that was the insert V or the verbosity adjustments, which is how we talked about it for many, many years. And insert V brought up a dialog box, which in versions of JAWS prior to 13 was called the adjust JAWS options. Um, the insert V dialog or the adjust JAWS options is now in JAWS. 13 called quick settings. So it's a new interface to your insert V and the quick settings are designed to be things that would be specific to the application that you're running at the moment. So while settings center is a place that you can go to adjust things for applications or by default, the quick settings is a very fast way to get to just the things related to whatever application you're running at the moment. Okay. So when you do the insert V now in JAWS 13, you'll find something called quick settings and you'll land in a search field very much like the settings center which is which is also designed after the approach of Windows 7 and Vista when you open up your start menu and you can type something in so if you open your start menu in Windows 7 you could type in WORD and if you had Microsoft Word installed the next thing you would hear is it would say Microsoft Word in your start menu because it populates a start menu with whatever it found based on what you would type mm -hmm. and the, the quick settings and the setting center is very much like that in that uh, when you type something in, if you type in the word typing, it would find anything related to uh, the word typing and it would populate a list with those and you could just walk down through them. So if you kind of know what you're looking for, uh, these search edit fields can be very quick to help you find those. If you don't know what you're looking for or you're familiar with the old way in 
insert E worked, when you do an insert V, you can press down arrow and you'll be in the list of items just as you were prior in earlier releases, and you can arrow down through them, find the choice that you want, tap the space bar to make the adjustment on that, press enter, and now that setting will have been changed for this application that you are running at the moment. So if you're in Internet Explorer, for instance, and you did the insert V, you would get a list of the items related to Internet Explorer. You can down arrow through that, and if you were looking to, say, uh, not have a web page read automatically when, when a web page loads, you can adjust that right there in the quick settings list, and then in the future for Internet Explorer, uh, it would not read automatically because you made that adjustment in quick settings. Okay. Now, am I remembering right there was something about um, you that will happen if you save it, but there's also a way that you could go in and do a quick setting just for basically this session, and if you don't save it, then it it goes back to the default? Right. So in earlier versions of JAWS for Windows, when you did the insert E and went in, many of the choices that were in there um, would stick across JAWS sessions. So if you made an adjustment while you were in Internet Explorer in the insert V, it would still be there the next time you came back. That setting would still apply. But some of the things that were in the insert E list were not persistent. So if you left the application and came back to it, that setting would have reverted automatically. Uh, This is what we call persistence levels. So one of the things that we've done now with JAWS 13 in the quick settings dialog is everything will be saved to disk. So if you make an adjustment in the insert V dialog box, that adjustment will remain till the next, you know, even the next time you come back. When you start your computer the next day, uh-huh. it'll still okay. be there. Mm-hmm. However, the quick settings dialog on every one of those choices offers you the ability to change how the persistence will be. So if you up and down arrow through the list and you find a choice, instead of changing that choice at the moment, if you hit the applications key, uh, generally to the right of the space bar, uh, one or two keys, just to the right of the space bar, there's an alt mm-hmm. key, and then the next key over generally an applications key. Um, if you pop up the applications key, you'll find three choices there. One of them is checked, which is a saved disk, and the other two choices allow you to, say, um, make this persistent while I stay in the application only, or make this persistent until the next time I start JAWS for Windows. Okay. And you can make those adjustments. So some people will like to, to uh, have something that will only stick while I'm here on the on, on the application window. I want to come back, revert back to the way it was, and that persistence level lets you adjust those things. But by default, everything will write to disk. Oh, okay. Tapes, we wanted to say consistent and still give you the flexibility to choose it. Oh, okay. 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 Because I wasn't sure whether it was it still saves it or whether you had change to that. So that's good to know that it's still going to automatically save unless you tell it not to. Right. And there's a very very good daisy book that's available to you for JAWS 13 about quick settings. And if this is an area that you're interested in going in and starting to experiment with persistence levels, there's a 20-minute daisy book to to review that Dan Clark covers this in great detail uh, or in 20 minutes worth of great detail. And And it would probably be a good daisy book to listen to. Okay. Are there, um, we're talking about daisy books. Um, now, you have quite a number 
uh, of uh, uh, these web owners out there now uh, on the training page. Um, are there some of those that it would be good for a person uh, who's just starting for with 13 to maybe grab and take a look um, at? You know, if so, we, we do offer a variety of ways of learning the product because everybody learns in, in different fashions. I always uh, like to think that if somebody is really just getting started on computers and just getting started with JAWS, I think um, the best place to start is the DAISY training books. Right. And start right with the basic training and go through the basic training. Don't try and go into the, don't try and learn Word and Internet Explorer and advanced features of JAWS before you really understand the basics. Right. And it, and, it, and it does take a bit of uh, time uh, to really get to know the tool and know it well. But a screen reader is going to be a valuable tool for somebody who's going to interact with the computer and, and various applications on the computer. And the better they know that tool, the better off they are. So I think the best the best place to really start is with the basic training book. Mm -hmm. And if right. you haven't, and if you've been using Windows for a while, but you've never really done much more than what you learned originally, it might be a good idea to go back and spend some time reviewing those basic training books. Okay. okay. Secondly, we offer also, in addition to the, the, the basic training books, there are other books that are specific to features in JAWS or applications. So you'll find some things on Excel, you'll find some things on Word, you'll find things on surfing the internet in those DAISY books. Beyond that, we offer on our training page webinars uh, that people can go in. And this, you know, I, I've had people tell me that uh, they've gone to the webinars and they were just lost because most of the people that were involved in, in taking the webinars seem to be far more advanced than they were. And those are the folks that I think stick to the basic training mm -hmm. books, get get very comfortable with that, and then go take some of these webinars and they'll really take it to the next level. And there's a lot of free webinars out there. The best one to start with is a webinar on how to do a webinar. Okay. Dan does a great job at really easing you into this. And then, they, you know, many people are afraid of it. They figure, you know, these are inaccessible or they're complex to understand and follow. And they're really not that bad. And he, mm -hmm. he does a very good webinar to explain it. So, so maybe for a person that uh, maybe is moving from 12 to 13, maybe they want to go through some of the introductory stuff in the, in the Daisy books and then, and then check out the web owners. Sure, and and those and those webinars are archived out there. Uh, many of them are free. The nice thing about these, uh, the, the webinar, essentially the way it works for somebody who, who's heard the term but they don't quite know what it is, um, a, a webinar is um, like a recording online, but you get access to a, uh, the material that they're uh, utilizing to try and teach you, and you can experiment with it on your own computer, and you get to hear the instructor walking you through it. You hear their computer. You also can hear questions from other people that are taking the webinars, oftentimes is 40, 50, or even 100 people listening in and asking questions. And, and oftentimes they ask a question that you would be afraid to ask. So it can be very helpful. Oh, yeah. Been there before. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and, and, and as I say, a lot of these webinars are free webinars, mm -hmm. uh, but there are also some paid webinars out there that we're doing on more advanced things like Microsoft Word and 
how it looked and stuff like that. But even the, the paid-for webinars are $29, $39, and, and they're either an hour or three hours or some are even longer than that. Uh, and you can take them, again, at your leisure, which is the nice thing. You can do them over and over again, too, so you can review it. So now, if I understand that right, you're not actually downloading it with any of those. You're, 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 you're doing it online, is that? Yes, but with the archived ones, you can download them, so you can actually listen oh, to them. Oh, okay. That was what I wasn't sure I understood. Yep, you can get those and listen to them offline. Okay, yep. okay. Okay, um, well, I, I, sorry to uh, take you off the topic there. Yeah, no I problem. Think I think it's a, a great topic. I mean, whatever we can learn about the computer and about our screen reader and the applications we're trying to run is, is a great topic, and the, the training material and the webinars are, are, are a benefit. Yeah, and, and you know, and even even people that have been using JAWS for years, I mean, you go to a new version, and there's always new things. And um, yeah, I, I'm thinking that um, even for a person that's been using a computer and using JAWS for years, um, I mean, I I'm trying to think of a time. Maybe I'm thinking maybe over the Christmas holiday, maybe I'll try to get in there and learn more about Word and Excel with JAWS 13. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because uh, I know. Oh, a lot of things have changed in that, and uh, I know we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, um, were there other things that you wanted to talk about on the quick settings, or no? I think that's it on the quick settings. It's, uh, it's a, I think it's a little easier interface. If you're familiar with the settings center, you'll have no trouble getting around in quick settings. And um, if you are familiar with the way Insert V used to work, it should feel very similar. You'll find the same things in the list, and the list will be um, very much in the same order. One thing that would, I guess I should mention, um, for those who were familiar with, uh, in addition to Insert V, there was a choice in JAWS for Windows, Insert Shift V, when you were on a web page where you could make uh, Insert V type settings specific to the website that you were on. Oh, yeah. So when you would go to another website, those settings wouldn't be there, but whenever I came back to this website, it would always behave um, in the manner that, that I set it up using the insert shift v everything is in insert v now and those url specific settings you'll find those items will be at the bottom of the list and you can go down to the bottom of the list when you're on a web page and you'll find that you can set things up specific to that url um, using the settings at the bottom rather than the ones at the top which would change it for the browser itself oh okay 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 and Uh, again that the daisy book on quick settings dan will cover this in some detail that's why i think that's probably a good daisy book to review Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, I'm David Tanner. On behalf of myself, Chase Crispin, our executive producer, and the entire main menu staff, we'd like to wish you a happy holidays and all the best for the new year.
Hello, my name is John Gunn. In um, this presentation, I'm going to um, talk about dragging and dropping uh, with Lion. Now, you know all on Windows, uh, you Windows users, that if you want to, well, let's say, move a file, you can do it with a keyboard. And by doing that, all you have to do is um, go to the folder. Let's say, we'll say folder A in this example. Highlight the file, do command C, or no, command X. Go to the desired folder, uh, open up the folder, and do command V, and you're all set. Well, on the Mac platform, it's a little bit different. For one thing, um, you do, uh, we're going to substitute on, on the Mac platform now. By the way, I'm using uh, Lion. 10.7.2. Now on the uh, in the Mac platform, all you have to do, or uh, to do the same uh, thing, you can highlight the file, but even though there's a command X, in fact, I'm going to show you here. We're um, selected volume. Selection replaces your items. Menu bar, Apple, Finder, File, Edit. And we'll go under Edit. Edit menu. Undo move of line dash, 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 drop, MP3, command, redo, dim, command, cut, dim, command, X. Now you'll see, cut, command, X. Redo, cut, dim, command, X. Of course, that's dim because nothing's selected. Copy, dim, command, C. Paste, dim, command, B. Select all, command, A. So, in other words, you're, you're, um, I'll go read here. Redo, dim, command, shift, cut, dim, command, X. Command X. Copy, dim command C. Paste, dim command B. Select all, command A. Show clipboard. Okay, so that's basically how that works. Volume. That's, uh, you would expect so, but not in the Mac. If I want to move a file, or whatever, I'm in uh, folder A, and I highlight the file, I still can do command X, even though it's in the list, which you did see, it's in the under edit. That's any standard program, um, which women's familiar are, are user, uh, familiar with as, as well. So the way to get around that is you can actually literally move the file. And I know this can be done in Windows, um, um, I think. I don't know how well. I know Windows and uh, dealt with this at one point. I don't know what kind of success I've tried it and haven't tried it for quite a few versions, so I, I really can't say if it's any good now. But let's let's do this once here. Um, Macintosh HD selected volume. And by the way, I'm using an iMac early 2008 with four gigs of RAM. And um, and we'll open up the hard drive here. Macintosh HD window browser one item selected. Macintosh HD selected. Now volume. I'm not going to really get into uh, too much of voiceover commands until I'm doing the. Um, the actual dragging and dropping. So interact with browser. Macintosh HD applications. Selected folder. But I'm gonna go to my hold folder. Hold, hold, selected folder. And I'm gonna vote right to open that up. One pair of hands dot mp3. Select mp3 art. One pair of hands dot zero two Ralph Harris. Time you can root down sport. Zero five fleetwood Mac over my head dot mp3. Select mp3 audio. And we'll do a fleetwood Mac over my head here. Zero nine James Patterson, the ninth judgment dot yeah, Zero well, five fleetwood we'll Mac over my head dot mp3. Select So what do I do to move that? Uh, now I'm going to interact, and that is, of course, um, vol shift down arrow. Interact with MP3 audio. Zero five fleet with Mac over my head. MP3. Now what I'm going to do is while holding my shift key down 
and my Volkies, I'm going to write arrow. Zero. That's highlighted. It's someone, uh, that's the first part of the file name. Zero. The number zero. So now what I do is I will do Volcama. Well, five fleet with Mac over my mark for drag and drop. Now, you won't be able to hear this, but when it says mark for drag and drop, you can hear it in the background a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, you're not going to hear that uh, in this recording. So, we've got the uh, file selected for for marking for drag and drop. Now, what I need to do next is do command N as in Nancy. New f all my files window. All my files. And that's a new finder window. So I'm going to vol left. Vertical splitter. Sidebar table. Row two. Nine. I'm not going to interact with sidebar here. table. Row two. Blank expanded. John's iMac. Level one. Yeah, Stop interacting with, with sidebar iMac. table. Row nine. Vertical splitter. Browser. No selection. Macintosh HD. Selected volume. Vol right. Applications. Selected folder. Yeah, I don't want to put my applications folder, but I do want to put in my downloads folder. Download. Selected folder. So I'm going to interact now with the download. Interact with folder. Download. And I'm going to vol right. D. And I highlight the D in download. And if I do vol period. Whole word, zero five, character, zero. Dragging O5 fleet with Mac over my head, mp3. Zero five fleet, O5 fleet with Mac over my head, mp3. Dropped on download. And it's in there. Download, selected folder. But just to verify here. Zero one Steve Winwood, while you see it, chance mp3. Select mp one x zero zero one x zero nine one x zero zero one Steve Winwood, while xld two zero one zero one Steve Winwood, one x zero one x zero nine zero two anchor holds out m four zero five fleet with Mac over my head, mp3. Select mp3 audio. It's definitely in there. Zero two anchor holds out m four a selected apple mpeg four zero five fleet with Mac over my head, mp3. All right, so let's move this back just to. Because I'd like it in that. I don't want it in my downloads folder here. Um, actually, what I really could do... Um, well, here, let's just do this here. I know what I can... Well, I'm not going to get that involved here. Interact with MP3 audio. Zero five fleet with Mac over my... Zero. So, we're going to uh, do the reverse here. I'm going to interact. And um, while... Hold, um, I, I did a vol right. Zero. 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 There we go, just to make sure. And now I'm going to do vol comma again. Well, five fleet with Mac over my mark for drag and drop. Mark for drag and drop. And again, command N for the new finder window. All my files window. All my files group. Vertical splitter. Sidebar table. Row two and nine. I've all all left. interact with sidebar table. Row interact. two. Blank expanded. Six items enclosed. John's iMac. Level and one. John's Stop interacting with sidebar table. Vertical splitter. Browser no selection. And Macintosh HD applications. Selected folder. So let's get down uh, the whole folder. Now I can just hit H as well because that's the only file or folder in the root here beginning with an H. Well, it has an H. Hold, hold. Selected so folder. So let me do this here. I'm going to interact here. Interact with folder. H. And I'm going to make sure. Oh, oh, H, H. Okay, so I'm interacted, and I did, vo uh, while holding the, the uh, vol keys down, I and shift, I did right arrow. So now I'm going to do a vol period. Down, word, zero five, character, zero, dragging five fleet with Mac over my head, mp3. Zero five fleet with Mac over my okay, head. Okay, Hold. Selected folder. One pair of hands. Got MP3. Select MP3 audio. Here. One pair of hands. Zero two Ralph Harris. Time. Zero five fleet with Mac over my head. Got MP3. And there, Select MP3. And now you will uh, 
just did want to double check here. Hold. Selected folder. My download. Download folder. Selected download. Selected. Rowan C. Winwood. While you see a chance at MP3. Select MP3 audio. 1x00. 1x09. 02 Yanker Holds. M4A. 07 Stevie Wonder. Living for the City. MP3. 09 Living for the City. M4A. 1904 Black and White Rag. M4A. No. Selected. Hold. So it's not in there. So it didn't work. Close all. Desktop. Macintosh HD. Select. So that's how you drag and drop um, in line. Oh, re really, uh, before I forget, let's say if I, before I knew this word, um, doing the old way, I would have to, let's say, go into folder A, uh, just backing up to my previous, to begin my beginning, beginning here, highlight the file, and then um, paste it to the desired folder, then go back to the original folder so I wouldn't have two copies, delete it, and then empty the trash. So that's uh, in case anyone uh, two copies of that. So that's uh, that's about the extent. I'm going to give you my contact info, gun at tznet.com. That's G as in golf, U as in uniform, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, at T as in tango, Z as in Zulu, uh, N is Nancy, E is Echo, T is Tango.com. Gunnatzinet.com. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, thank you for listening. Goodbye. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.